Thank you, Rick. Friends, will you please pray with me and for me? Christ Jesus, you have ascended and your spirit is coming. Open our hearts, our minds, and our souls to receive your spirit. And may all that I say point us toward that grand and beautiful union with you. Amen. Waiting is awkward, isn't it? Especially when you're expecting something to happen at a particular time, like a pastor starting their weekly sermon, and it doesn't happen. It's uncomfortable. Are we having to wait because we did something wrong? Did we miss the memo somewhere along the lines about what was supposed to happen? Why aren't the things that we are so convinced God wants the world not happening? That story that Rick just read um, tells the 
preface, the introduction of the new Christian movement. It's the creation of the church, a church that is rooted in the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. And Jesus has left the building. The entirety of this movement is based on this one person. And right when things start to get going, this person decides it's time that they start working from home. And there wasn't even a pandemic going on. And on his way out the door, he gives the most annoying instruction he possibly could have. Wait. These people were ready to go. Christ had been resurrected. They had started gathering again. It was time to move. Jesus is the parent driving the minivan, getting ever so close to that final destination with the kids in the back starting to itch with excitement, asking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And just when Jesus is about to say we're here, he pulls the van over on the side of the road and tells them just to hang out for a while. If you're a parent, you know that does not go over well. everything they had been dreaming about, the restoration of their people, the destruction of the empire, the building of a new and everlasting kingdom, just around the corner. It's like waiting for your favorite attraction at your favorite theme park, and you get up to the front of the line, and then they say, we're closed for repairs. The disciples were ready to turn the world upside down. And Jesus tells them to wait. The disciples have unwillingly entered into a liminal space at the request of Jesus. They know they are not where they used to be but they also don't fully know where they're going yet, either. Sound familiar, St. Paul? Jesus's instructions are annoyingly simple. Wait. Pray. Listen. because you aren't the ones who get to decide when God will move. Liminal spaces. We know we've left behind this previous place, but we can't fully see where we're going yet either. We've woken up after a night of rest and we're not in our bed. It's a new place. Look outside and it's foggy. We can only see a few feet in front of us. Frankly, all we can do is take the next step. <clears throat> Liminal spaces do not feel like a gift. 
They create anxiety. Maybe even can bring up some type of fear. Because when we're in this space, we don't have control. The disciples had to come to this realization that they didn't have control over this situation. Because they needed a power that was greater than themselves. And even greater than the person of Jesus, who was a fully human person, and as a fully human person was actually was limited by time and space. Jesus didn't have the ability during his human life to be everywhere all at once. When we realize that we don't have control over a situation, we have a few options. We can act like Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka, who screams that she wants a golden goose and she wants it now. And then she gets set down the trash chute. Liminal seasons allow us the option to at least try to go off and fix things on our own, to detach from others, rely on our own strength and power, and just keep trying harder and harder and harder, running in that hamster wheel, thinking that we'll eventually get what we want. That's one option. And if we're honest with ourselves, I would say it's an option that we have all taken at different points in our lives. Trying to control a situation or fix a problem that God has never asked us to control and a problem God has never asked us to fix. Because boy, do we love to bring our human solutions to a God-sized problem problem. That option can become extremely attractive to us sometimes. But there's also another option, another possibility. We can enter into that liminal space, even amidst the anxiety and struggle, with the spirit of curiosity. Because if we really think about what curiosity is, we discover that curiosity and anxiety can't inhabit the same space. Curiosity is the opposite of anxiety. When we become curious, and for people of faith, that can mean that we're pondering prayerfully what God will do in this unknown space, because we can't fix this on our own. So God, what are you going to do about it? By doing that, we give space for God to do something new. The co-creator of Pixar Studios, Ed Catmull, once said, there is a sweet spot between the known and the unknown where originality happens. The key is to be able to linger there without panicking. On Ascension Sunday, the disciples and the soon-to-be church 
are on the threshold, the doorway, ringing the doorbell of something new. And they have the opportunity to stretch their faith in new ways, build some new spiritual muscles. But they can't do that unless they wait. And here's the good news about waiting. When you wait to hear from God, and then God moves, and you move with God by faith, whatever you need will be provided. That's called provision, right? It means that if God has called us to something, the material needs, whatever they may be, those will come. Susan Beaumont is a spiritual director and coach who has helped lead organizations and churches through these liminal seasons. And she explains how these liminal seasons are opportunities for transformation. Now, when we're in the middle of them, we don't see them as that. We only see the fog around us. But it's kind of like one of those prolonged Michigan spring rains that go on all day, and we can't see the growth that is happening underground as that's going on. But when the rain eventually stops, suddenly new flowers start to bloom. These disciples didn't realize what was about to happen in that upper room. It would be understandable to think that they were still frustrated that Jesus had left them and their only job was to pray. They wanted to be more productive with their time. Well, even after all those years with Jesus, they still had more to learn. Priest Richard Rohr writes that we have to allow ourselves to be drawn out of business as usual and remain patiently on the threshold where we are between the familiar and the completely unknown. This is the sacred space where the old world is about able to fall apart and a bigger world is revealed. If we don't encounter liminal space in our lives, we start idolizing normalcy. We can do normalcy really well in church, like really well friends. We know how to do church without God. We know how to pick songs. <coughs> I know how to write liturgy. I know how to study scripture and write a sermon for the most part. It is so remarkably easy, truthfully even tempting to do that without God. But when we are willing, when we are willing to be curious 
to hit that pause button, sit back, listen to God as best we can, and then listen with each other, listen to each other, we discover that God is in fact still speaking today. Even as it feels like we're building the bridge as we walk on it, we can trust that God will give us the next plank to put down. Susan writes that unknowing requires personal spiritual centeredness and confidence that God will lead if given the opportunity to do so. It takes conviction that collective wisdom, not just one person, that collective wisdom will emerge if given an opening to breathe. In that liminal season, the one we're in, it sometimes can appear that nothing is happening. But when we take into our Christian faith, we can see that even when we are still, God is still moving. These disciples might have felt deserted, but in this time, as they are learning how to empty themselves, they're actually preparing God to fill them. And God recognizes that as human beings, we can't just flip a switch inside of ourselves. We can't enter a new thing effectively unless we take time to let go of the old. In our United Methodist tradition, um, I recognize that 11 months ago, um, when I showed up here, it's very likely that a lot of you still missed your old pastor. Whenever that happens, that's also why when there's a pastoral transition, which don't worry, isn't happening this year, we're told now to give it a two week break between the previous and the new. That's liminal space. And it's in that space where God prepares us for the new thing as we kind of let go of the old. And we can't be remade unless we linger and let God do what God needs to do in that space. I mean, let's just think human-wise about what these disciples were going through. One minute they're watching Jesus go up into the clouds. That's kind of like an overwhelming, like, if I'm there, I need to go sit in a room and then process that for like the next 48 hours. And if they had that experience one moment and then walked five minutes down a hill the next, and suddenly there's this Pentecost experience with the Holy Spirit rushing around, that's going to be a little overwhelming. They're not going to know how to respond to that. We're human beings who need to wait more than we usually like to. Even, even it especially wait and linger when it's uncomfortable. Because I think what we discover is that when we have the faithful curiosity to wait, 
we start to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's a, that's a discipline, that's a spiritual discipline. Being comfortable in an uncomfortable situations. But in the words of John the Baptist from John chapter three, that's how we learn to decrease ourselves so that Christ can increase. Waiting allows us to say, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. It allows us to seek God's will beyond all else and that we don't have to fear any personal cost or change that may call us to. So we wait. We receive this remarkably awkward and frustrating gift. And, not but, but and, we might just be transformed just like these disciples were. And we say thanks be to God for that. Amen.